Here, sports talk show in history. This is first round KO. I am KO, aka Howard J. Dingers. Just kidding. Don't get off this podcast because this is actually a good podcast. It is your Midwestern nerds. I am Chad Coffin. And I'm Brian Stoffel. And folks, with that joke aside, and the joke is first round KO and KO Howard J. Dingers, let's talk about socials and streamings. We are at Midwestern nerds. That's M I D W E S T. E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us at MidwesternNerds on Twitter and Instagram, MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. The Midwestern Nerds Podcast on Facebook. You can find us streaming at a bevy of different sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Downcast, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most recently, Amazon Music. If you haven't taken a moment to like or subscribe or rate or review or star or thumbs up us, Please take the time on whatever platform you listen to and give us a like and tell your friends to give us a like. It's not hard to share us. And while we love sharing likes and sharing love, we're going to share somebody with you this week. Yes, that's right. We continue to pile on the guests with anticipation of episode 30. Brian, what's episode 30? It's a secret. (laughs) We can't tell him yet. So, folks, this week we have a guest that I met many moons ago. Almost as long as I've known Brian, almost close to a decade, this individual is a Power Ranger, sports nerdiness savant, much like Staff and myself. He went from being a co-worker to a friend to the best man in my wedding, and now the godchild to my son, the most caring individual I've probably met in my entire life, one who would give you the shirt, hat, and underwear off of his back. Don't ask why it's on his back. You know him as the star of fantasy football booms, busts, and sleepers with the Golden Knight, Mr. Ryan Teal. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Very excited to be here. We are excited to have you, Brian, as the other bearded individual at the table. Me not being one of the bearded individuals, I'm sure you're happy to have a real man at the table with you this week. I am, I am, and I graciously let him use 90% of my name for his name. <laughs> well, I think actually you put a B in front of my name, so actually I should be mad at you <laughs> for soiling my name. Well, it all depends. <laughs> Who came first, me or you? It's a technical uh, <laughs> All right, all right. Reel it in, Teal. Whose fucking show is it? <laughs> all right. So, as we do every week that we have a guest, we're going to dive into nerd vetting. I told Ryan that this is arguably the toughest nerd vetting that we have done to date. I trust that he is knowledgeable enough in these categories to best my nerd vetting. The topics this week are Star Wars, sports, very vague. You gave me sports, vaguely. So prepare for... Yeah, that was a mistake. Very open door. (laughs) And the Power Rangers. We've seen Star Wars before. We haven't had sports before, and we haven't had Power Rangers before. So, exciting nerd betting this week. This is my son's favorite part of the show. He likes the main topic, but he loves the nerd betting, because often 
he has the answer to the questions that people do not have. He was so disgusted in Jordan the first time we did it because he's like, I know these and I'm seven. <laughs> but we give Jordan a pass. Where where do you want to start, Ryan? Is there a category that you'd prefer to start in? Let's let's do sports. The nice vague sports. Let's let's the do nice that one. Vague Are you scared, brother? <laughs> you should be. Oh man, if there's wrestling, ooh, that's not going to go. Jokes on you, it's all wrestling. <laughs> all right. So the first question is: Is who is the all-time leading scorer in Green Bay Packers history? Don Hudson. Incorrect. <sighs> it is Mason Crosby. Oh. Followed by Ryan Longwell, <sighs> and then followed by 1990s heartthrob. My mother's crush from the 90s, Chris Mulletman Jackie. <laughs> kickers, man. You got to go kickers. I know. First. I but go Don kickers. Hudson was four. Okay. That's he has the true. most touchdowns in team history. No, Don so. five. Who was four? Who was the guy who was the running back and the kicker? Oh, he just, no, he just died. Uh, Paul Horning. Yeah, Paul Horning. Yes. He was the fourth because I'm like, look at him like, man, how is he so high? Because uh, Don Hudson had like 108 touchdowns. But Paul Horning had 55 touchdowns and, like, 117 field goals. <laughs> Back in the day, weird times. All right. Yeah. Following up leading scorers, who is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history? Uh, is it Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain is number two. Oh! Want a second guess? Okay, you yeah, yeah, uh... Let me think. I won't give you Bill any Ru- points. But you Bill Russell? No. Okay. Kareem. Ah. All right. Not for two. Yeah. for two. Not a great start. We all might be sending you upstairs to sit with the women for the rest <laughs> of the show. Who is the most decorated Olympian of all time? <laughs> this one's pretty recent. Michael Phelps? There you go. Okay. Michael Phelps. I was going to say. I was like, is it the easy one? Like, I felt like, is there someone from like the 40s that I should know? <laughs> it's Arthur Ashe. No, um, 28. 28 medals. Okay. 23 of them gold. One of the coolest covers of Sports Illustrated, in my opinion, is the one where he's got all oh the medals. He, he's got that chest fly, that butterfly stroke chest that could fit all that hardware. He still can't fit all that hardware. Bonus question. To save you, to give you two in this round, who won the 2014 NFC Championship? The Seahawks. The Seahawks! That was a gimme. This question is brought to you by Brandon uh, Bostick. Uh, <laughs> that freebie got you half the points he needed. All right. But now I'm it mad. only gets harder <laughs> from here. But now I'm mad. Um, all right. Star Wars or Power Rangers? Uh, let's do Star Wars. Okay. Who... Are the two non-Jedi characters to wield a lightsaber? Finn? Yep. Oh, I feel like it's going to be... Padme? Oh, Brian? I don't think I know this one off the top of my head either. Oh, it's on Han. With the Tom- oh, Han Solo. Han. Yep. It's Han Solo when he opens up the... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, with the Tom Tom, so... That was a tough one. They're pretty good. For some reason, I thought Padme used it to free Anakin, uh, but I think it was the other way around. In the on um, Geonosis, I think Anakin freed her, so that's where I got Padme. 
In Return of the Jedi, the growls and sounds of the Rancor in Jabba's palace were actually made by what animal? A pig. It was a dog. Dog? Interesting. It was George Lucas's dachshund. I was going to guess a boar, too, so. <laughs> I, maybe I made this too hard. Jordan's looking good right now. <laughs> what is the name of Boba Fett's ship? Slave One. Bang. All right. Right back in it. Goes over two and he comes back. Bonus question. What sort of business does Luke's Uncle Owen run? Moisture Farmer. Bang. Okay. Good. I know I went a little vague with the dachshund thing. That, that one was pretty tricky. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you bounced back in that one. Um, You're at 50% technically go, passing. But... Technically passing. <laughs> technically. But, uh, you got to go pretty strong here. And I feel like now these questions are going to be too hard, too. What is the name of the Jim and Juice Bar in Angel Grove? Ernie's Cafe. I will give you that one. Because Ernie's Cafe is inside of the Angel Grove Youth Center. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Because I had that on here. In Dino Thunder, where did Tommy Oliver receive his PhD in paleontology? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. UCLA. Oh, MIT. Oh, God. (laughs) I was la- I laughed this hard when I was putting it in there. I was typing it in. There's no way, and I love Tommy Oliver. There's no way that tattooed MMA washed out went to MIT. Okay. All I right. would have been like, I know he's the Black Ranger in that <laughs> yeah. series, and that would have been it. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're not allowed to give me. Hold on, slow down here. How many different Power Rangers has Tommy Oliver been? Well, there you go. I gave you one. How many different colors or how many different Rangers? How many different Rangers? Okay, five. Absolutely correct. For a bonus, can you name those five? Just his five Power Ranger who, like, the color, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the color or what? Yeah, so there was the there was the Dragon Zord, White Tiger. Then there was Zeo Ranger One. I think he was. He was the star one. And then he was Turbo. He was red. Okay. And he was Turbo Ranger Red. And then he was the Black Dino Ranger. Oh, look at that! <laughs> I miss. I forgot the Turbo Ranger. Thank you, Soul of the Dragon. <laughs> oh yeah. That, perfect. Good callback. Maybe you'll save that for the best stuff. Um. All right. PhD question aside, we're gonna let this slide. You can. You can. You can hang out. Like I said, this is absolutely the most difficult nerd vetting I've ever put together. So even at 50%, there's no way anyone else could have hung with that. So. I do appreciate you not going too deep into the comics, because that was my worry. It's like, I've read some of the comics, but I haven't read them all. So I was like, oh man, he's going to pull some question on like some issue I haven't read yet. So oh, I, no. I can guarantee that I can tell you that Chad really hasn't read any of the comics either, <laughs> because all the ones he's read, I've either bought for him or I let him use my box <laughs> to get so he knows exactly what i've read no the only, the only one i was like yeah yeah okay so i didn't dig too deep into the comics but i took a very vague piece of information that was probably uttered once in dino thunder and was like oh, did he go to college <laughs> he technically got the number of rangers wrong what 
because he's also Lord Dragon. Was Lord Dragon technically a Power Ranger? Uh, I mean, tech. Yeah, I mean, technically is yeah. So there you go. That was six. <laughs> Redact that point too. <laughs> and he's upstairs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we'll have you back next week. You can try again. And with that, we're headed to Brian with the news. <laughs> uh, bit of news this week, so let's jump right into it. This bit of news actually came out on the day that we are recording this episode. If you did not know, there is a special new land that's coming to Universal Studios. It is the Super Nintendo World that is going to be all focusing on Mario and the Nintendo franchise, and that's going to be their own land that you can go to in Japan. That's right, Super Nintendo World is coming to Universal Studios Japan in February of 2021. It's interesting because... A bunch of other parts of the world are opening things and doing fun things, yet we can't even get our head out of our asses and wear a mask. <laughs> I don't want to bring down the party, but um, no, I, I will say this, though. I did see during that article that they're going to have like a Mario Kart roller coaster where you wear AR headsets, which mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. AR is like animated reality, right? Yeah, so um, that's like... Um... Pokemon Go, the when the Pokemon's like in yeah, the room, that's so, AR. So. Okay, perfect. So yeah, I mean that'll be. I just we love Mario in this house, whether it's sixty four, whether it's Wii, whether it's GameCube, whether it's Switch. Like Mario has always been a family favorite, no matter what. There isn't really a game that age five to one hundred and five can't play. Smash Bros, Mario Kart, Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers, like everything that has the Mario label on it has always been family friendly. So to open up a huge land like this, I mean, fortunately, I'm not shelling off the dough to shit my family across the world no to way. go to it. But like you were saying before the show, maybe we see an adaptation over here. Yeah, I would be okay if they took out like in orlando florida or even california i haven't been to the one there but i know like in orlando i'd be fine if they took out like dr seuss land or first of all the... <laughs> let me let me say this then and this is coming from like a comic guy take out like the comic strip area land of like you know the phantom and popeye and oh, beetle bailey yeah. and yeah the old well, cartoons i mean yeah that, i mean the marvel i don't want them don't touch marvel leave that alone and harry potter you can't because it's like the epitome of perfection down in orlando but the dr seuss land while it's fun and kitschy for kids that's what disneyland is for that's what disney is for is for the kids and the same thing with the comic strips with like you said olive oil and popeye and it's like that's hanger the horrible it's like that's great but you're panning to two different audiences you're panning to disney or uh dr seuss five-year-olds and 105-year-olds with comic <laughs> strips that no one yeah. reads anymore. So let's knock those bad boys out. Let's shift Jurassic Park around a little bit. And let's make a huge expanse of Mario Kart land. Or Mario, you know, Super Mario World. Because you could still do, like, the Grinch, like, around Christmas time. And keep, like, some Dr. Seuss. Yeah, and right. do, like, the little island shops and whatever. It doesn't need a whole world to no. Yeah. no, no, no. 
though I did see the pictures of that Mario Kart land, I had to do a double take. I legit thought it was a game. Like the way like they designed in the artwork of like that land, I was like, this is this right. Is a game. That like, wall that was yeah. that had all of the different villains moving and yep. the coins. And, and they show Bowser's castle. I'm like, that's from a game. And I'm like, nope, that's the real studio. And I'm like, that is insane. Japan is wild. Yeah. Like Japan is where we got Pokemon from. That's They're true. Wild over there. Good things coming to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but one good thing that's coming to everyone next year is, and we've talked about this property quite a bit on the show, The Boys is coming out with a board game. That's right. The Boys, This Is Going To Hurt, is a competitive two to five player board game in which players take on the role of Butcher and The Boys to take down Homelander and The Seven. To challenge Homelander, players will need to recruit an army of soups using blackmail, money, and brawn with occasional compound V used for an extra boost. There are over 80 unique characters as well as an assortment of items from the comics to help. Once they feel strong enough to face Homelander, they have a chance to save the world and be the victor. But if no one can defeat Homelander in time, it's game over for all of us. And he'll rape your wife. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh god. This is being developed by One First Games. This is their first this is the company's first game that they've ever made. But a comforting factor to this is they helped facilitate the show to Amazon wow. Prime. Okay. So they did have like a say in the things that they did in the show. So this is currently on Kickstarter. It is very well on its way to reaching its goal, and it is aiming for a June 2021 release at $60. 80 characters. That's the thing that grabbed me. Like, that is a game that you can play over and over and over and over again. Like, we play games like uh, Thanos Rising and and things like that, too. And you have that Doctor Who game that's similar to that, too. The characters are a lot... They're not 80. Like, even though the expanse is pretty large, there's not 80 characters to play through. So that's that's pretty cool in my mind to, to think that a game would have that reach. Yeah, this reminds me of, like you said, of Thanos Rising, where you're building this army to take down, like, the big bad and the big bad being Homelander. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like there's an It game with Pennywise the Clown based off of the newer movies where you're the kid's and you're gathering up resources to take down Pennywise, and it feels like a combination of those two games, which I think would be really fun. And at $60, like, that sounds like a lot, but like Chad said, 80 characters plus all of those different, like, resources and whatnot, that's not a bad deal at all. No, not at all. That would be it. And again, for people who are into the series that like board games, like, it's just another avenue, and... There's no other game out there right now that would be anywhere similar to The Boys, like an R-rated board game. Because you have to play it all the way up, right, for this game? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. June 20, I mean, hey boys, birthday's in June. (laughs) Hey, my birthday's in June, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Ryan, you know what you can do? Take care of your boys. Guess I know where 120 bucks are going. I will say that it would be interesting to see if this game did well if they since this is based off of the comics, if they made like a TV version like based off of the show. Yeah. So 
kind of gave it a new face, like had it look like the characters on the show, the actors, and then brought in some elements from the show that might not be in the comics too. And yeah, and you can even do like, because uh, are you talking like two different versions of the game? Or are you talking like you start with what we have now and then they introduce like TV versions, like a, like a, like a variant, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because A-Train in the comics might be like this, but A-Train from the show might bring this special attribute It could to the be, game. I think it could be either a cool expansion or just like a neat, like, hey, this is the same game, but like TV version. Yeah, for so. sure, show driven. Yeah. Yeah. Like once the show is wrapped up and if this game does well, I think that'd be a good a good idea for that company to do. I can get behind it. And another kind of cool piece of memorabilia that you can have with a popular TV show. If you are an Office fan, this is the story for you. If you all remember the classy Christmas episode, you'll remember that Pam gifted Jim the Adventures of Jimmy Halpert, which was a comic book that she made for her husband. Well, there's a company that is now making this comic book a real thing that you can pre-order and have in your hands. Don't know when, but at some point. <laughs> they should, um, like, Kay Jewelers or, like, Rogers and Holland should pair up with whatever that comic book company is. And then release the the white gold tennis bracelet to go along with it. <laughs> because he did the tennis bracelet when she did the comic book. And you can get like a twofer like, oh, you buy the package and you get both. Blah, blah, blah. That'll never happen. But, but hey, maybe instead of a shotgun, you get uh, comic books instead. Yeah, so. right. Because that's the thing. It was a Krieger's. <laughs> yeah. Krieger Jewelers. Are you aware of that? Krieger Jewelers. If you spend like a thousand, a thousand bucks on diamonds, you get a free shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Midwest. We're <laughs> the South of the North. <laughs> oh my gosh! For our very few listeners who haven't watched The Office and don't know what we're talking about, The Adventures of Jimmy Halpert was a fictional comic book originally seen in season seven, episode eleven and twelve of the Office series, which was titled "The Classy Christmas." It was a gift made by. The character Pam Beasley for her husband Jim. Ooh, Pam Beasley sucks. <laughs> the office fan and collectible site Dunder Mifflin Paper recently announced that its team made the comic book for purchase and it will be up for pre order soon. At first, I got super offended when you opened that statement with, for our very few listeners, I'm like, bro. At least don't advertise it. No, <laughs> like the va- that haven't seen The Office. I'm like, Whew. I was. Get- that's where I was going for because yeah, basically everyone's seen The Office at this point, and if you haven't, then you just don't want to. <laughs> you like open that statement, and I thought that was for sure like how you were going to be like, I'm done with this podcast. No one listens. I'm like, bro. And Brian left the show when we were left with Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the B. In today's world, B stands for bitch. And now we have Ryan. Welcome to the show of apparently two listeners, according to Brian. (laughs) And for our last story of the night, kind of to go into our main topic, we have a little bit of sad news. David Prose, who was the stand-in body of Darth Vader. So when you saw Darth Vader in the classic movies, you saw David Prose. He passed away this past week, and his daughter came out and reported that it was due to COVID-19. 
it's really hard to hear. I mean, obviously, you know, all the original Star Wars folks, like, are all slowly but surely going away, and it's it's heartbreaking to see all those people you grew up as a kid watching. I mean, as a kid, when you first watched Star Wars, there is no one more intimidating than Darth Vader when he first came on screen. You knew something bad was going to happen when they're playing the Imperial March, and he's, like, just not even running, just calmly walking at you. You're like, okay, this is going to be bad. So The dude was a bodybuilder, which I didn't know until, really? like, wow. all until the news of his passing came up. Well, like you said, the intimidation factor, it even bodes to the fact that they used almost the exact same shot in Rogue One as in A New Hope. That door opens, and that's the guy standing in the doorway. There is, I don't know of many other, if any other, villains across the board of cinema that you see that dark silhouette and that red beam of light come out and you're like everybody go everyone run hide go 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 don't turn or don't shoot your gun go get away i don't know if many like like shredder in in tmnt is great but he always seemed like a guy that you could fight against and even like thanos the avenger showed in the mcu if you had the power you could fight against him vader to me was always that villain that was like you saw him on screen, and it's like everybody, everybody just—he was—he was a wizard with a laser sword against like common people like oh, yeah. us. Like, yeah, the the soldiers in Rogue One, the soldiers' fear on their eyes when that lightsaber turns on is very real. They're like, "Oh God, we're about to die right now!" Like, tell my kids I love them. <laughs> it's a, it's a, another again, like. And this is, while we say a passing of an icon, like we've talked, like Grant Imahara, we've talked on the show, Alex Trebek, we've talked on the show. This is someone who is more of an unsung hero because this is not the first person you think of when you think of Darth Vader. Who is the first person you think of when you think of Darth Vader? James Earl Jones. Every time. It's James Earl Jones. It's the iconic voice. And he's not even the guy who's the face at, at the end of the mm-hmm. whole run when, when Vader's on his way out. He's not even the face. He is simply the body in the suit. And again, it's hard to put it into words. Because again, while such an iconic character, James Earl Jones was never behind that suit. He was never in that <laughs> no. helmet. No, of course not. He sat in a chair. He talked into a microphone. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was. And that's what we needed him for. Same as we needed him for for Mufasa. We needed a strong voice and a brave character. He sounds like James Earl Jones. But I'm sorry, I'm not putting James Earl Jones in the suit. No, <laughs> nope. absolutely not. Again, an icon that goes down as one of the more, uh, not unwritten, but underwritten heroes of Star Wars, but will be missed, of course, forever. So to keep on the Star Wars theme of the night, our guest is a big Star Wars fan, so we wanted to have a Star Wars discussion. We'd all like to talk about two weeks episode of Mandalorian which was a big reveal and a good episode, but we can't do the spoilers. Stop the count. We can't do anything in this episode yet because we have a listener submission from the Star Wars draft with Kyle in episode 20. Oh, even better. So, our fan, should we give him a code name? Or should we give him Deep no throat. name? Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll let him know you, you picked that out. <laughs> Deep throat. See, and this is a lot easier. He's not drafting against anyone. He just gets to pick his perfect team. So we get to judge him extremely harshly if we think that his picks were incorrect. So tier six. He even, like, to the point he picked them and gave full explanations for all of them. 
So tier six, the creature tier, he said three Ewoks. Again, this was a tough pick. Oh, he did it in opposite order. Uh, but I like the Ewoks, not only because they're cute and cuddly, but their ability to blend into any environment. They are smart when it comes to battle. They don't seem to take risks. They have planned out attacks, which can be tough to stop if you don't know they are coming. I disagree with the planned attack. Yeah. They have sticks and rocks. (laughs) Guerrilla warfare is their MO. Although, they did prove that they can take down an empire with sticks and rocks. (laughs) They can blend into the environment. They are cute and cuddly. Some of them are kind of gross. But I I won't give you that. Guerrilla warfare for sure. Oh, yeah. If we had Mandalorian level Ewoks... That would probably live up to what he's thinking. Then maybe I would agree. He walks in Beskar armor, like, <laughs> around with sticks and rocks, or just like how much that show raises the stakes. Even oh, with like right. the characters that you're like, oh, that character's nothing. Oh, never mind. Like I could see like Ewoks like biting off people's feet. You know, like yeah. eating people. Yeah. Like, hey. I don't like a chihuahua. They come running at you. That's probably an Ewok would be just they're like technically that. a bear. Yeah, they're a small bear. Mm-hmm. But bears can be vicious. Bears so. bears. What bear is best? Ewoks. <laughs> uh, tier 5, which is your bounty hunter tier. Uh, Din Djarin. Uh, I'll be honest here. I only knew three of the characters of the five shown. I don't remember much of Boba Fett and Jango Fett, so I had to go with the most recent. How do you know who Boba and Jango Fett are? <laughs> kind of like we talked about in that episode, though, too. They're kind of like the same character. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, they, so, well, but he opens with admitting to only knowing three of the five, and it seems here he only knows the name of two of three, yeah. other than the Mandalorian, which I think if we wouldn't have paired the picture with, he might not have known anyways. <laughs> Alright, deep throat. <laughs> Tier 4 with the droids, he says IG-11, although I love BB-8 and R2-D2, I mean, who doesn't? IG-11 is a beast. He will stop at nothing to defend what he was set out to defend. In battle, he would be very tough to stop. He might struggle against a Jedi, but I want this droid on my team any day. I agree. This was almost my exact sentiments when I picked IG-11 with the first draft pick in Tier 4. He can actually do something. I mean, the other droids, while they serve a purpose, are going to be more support role. He can actually go out and do something and help your team. Agreed. I mean, Chad picked that one, but I I ended up with K2SO, which I was still happy with because... Right alongside IG-11, gets something done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, adds a little bit of wit and humor, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tier 3, I'm sick to my stomach. He could have picked anyone in Tier 3. Yeah, because he was going up against no one. It is not the worst pick possible, but he goes with Poe Dameron. I feel Finn is more of a comedic person than a fighter. Poe is driven to accomplish any mission that you set for him. He wants to win, no matter what, which can also be his downfall. Overall, Poe is an excellent pilot, and I feel he'd be a great addition to any team. If you're a true Star Wars fan, you take Han Solo, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then, who do you take second? Lando, right? I don't know who Boba Fett is. I like Poe. I'll say it. Deep Throat's deep about to throat. be shallow throat. He's like more shallow throat than anything. Uh, he sounds to me like he is a new trilogy fan. Uh, I do know a s- random few people that got into Star Wars from episode 7, 8, and 9. 
So so it's only up from there. Exactly. It should be. <laughs> but it, it kind of sounds like, you know, he went 7, 8, 9, yeah. experienced 9, and was like, no, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> well, your, uh, your theory might bode uh, correct here. Tier 2 villains selection Kylo Ren. Although this was a tough choice and a popular choice would be Darth Vader, I chose Kylo because he is a lot like Vader. Has the power that he had, but just doesn't have the control yet. I feel with the right training and patience, Kylo Ren could become a younger version of Vader. Plus, in battle, I feel Ren is better with the lightsaber. Uh... (laughs) Blasphemy, sir! (laughs) But this, like you said... It could very much just lend itself to the fact that he's a seven, eight, nine, not a one, two, three, or a four, five, six. But let's be real, Grandpa's gonna bend little Kylo over his knee and spend. Oh him. yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> he spends most of the sequel trilogy crying over Vader, being like, yeah. "I'll never be as good as you. I want to be like you. Please, my lightsaber is red. Oh, it protects my hand." Right. I mean, I'm not yeah. crazy, right? No, you're not right, crazy. I feel really bad. We finally get somebody to write in, and we just <laughs> shred them to pieces. I'm glad that well, you make know better choices. <laughs> <laughs> make better choices in life. Uh, tier one selection. This one, I don't think anybody could get past, or anybody could go any different way with the number one pick. He goes with Yoda. This was a tough choice for me. And this, where before I was like, good pick with Yoda. This was a tough choice for me. I like. Ray, but I feel she is young and doesn't have control over her sense and emotions just yet. Same with young Luke. I chose Yoda because he was the more experienced Jedi. He knows how to control himself, and I feel he would be a great addition to any team. The fact that your choices go Yoda and then Ray in a world where Obi-Wan and Luke and Mace Windu exist. But Ray is your number two. Well, that's because those seven, eight, nine set up that character yeah. where she could do no wrong. She knew everything before she even mm. knew what she was doing. Like, love her or hate her, she's still going to be doing a pretty good job on your team just because Star Wars was like, we need a strong female character, so we need to make her basically invincible. Only two of six picks come prior to the year 2010. (laughs) (laughs) The Mandalorian, IG-11, Poe Dameron, and Kylo Ren all come post-2010. Is that where the best Star Wars lives? (laughs) I I guess so. (laughs) We appreciate... I know we tore you apart. I know we picked you limb from limb. Someone who is a close friend, someone who actually may guest star on the show, someone whose podcast I will be guest starring on very soon. Brian doesn't know about that. Don't tell him. But again, thank you, Shallow Throat, for uh, <laughs> writing in. We needed some people to write in. We want to hear people. Just because it's from a couple episodes ago, if you guys want to send in your Star Wars picks, now after hearing this, maybe you might have different picks to send in. I think if we have this guy on our show as a guest, the episode, forget all of our topics that we usually do. We have one solid topic, and it's literally us sitting down on a Saturday with the original trilogy. We make him watch one, and then we hit the record button, and we talk (laughs) about it. We make him watch Clockwork Orange. 
And we go through the original trilogy four, five, and six. <laughs> and be like, this is the good Star Wars. And now go and explore. But regardless of what was said, thank you. We really appreciate the feedback. It is we have a very limited amount, very slim amount of people who actually write back. So thank you for taking the time, not only filling out your picks, but reasons for your picks and sending them in. We appreciate any fan banter that we can get, any feedback that we can get, we appreciate. And if anybody wants to still give us your picks, you can find the picture on our social medias. Reach out to us and let us know who you would have picked for your ultimate Star Wars team. It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter. If you email me, midwesternerds at gmail.com, I will send it right to you. If you know me personally, you can text me and I'll send it to you. <laughs> and as you just experienced, if you do this, you'll be on the show. You'll be on the show. <laughs> and also, if you do write in and you want to be If you want named, your name, yes. Just say in there. Just be like, yo, you can definitely use my name. That would be super cool. And then we'll say your name so you don't end up with a name like Shallow Throat or the Golden Knight. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a shiny weirdo. <laughs> He's a shiny weirdo. But, nonetheless, we appreciate the write-ins, but let's get into Brian's main topic of epic Star Wars vagueness. No, I don't want that at all. We'll, we'll go into my main topic. So, yeah. this is God. based off of episode 5 of season 2 of Mandalorian. We're not talking spoilers, we're not really even talking about it. We're talking about the basic concepts of, we saw a character... In that episode from a past previous Star Wars something. Can't even say who it was. It's going to be hard for me to do this main topic <laughs> if I'm not allowed to talk about my favorite Star Wars character ever of all time. Okay, we, we can say because unless you're living in a hole, the internet probably spoiled it for you already. Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars showed up in Mandalorian and portrayed by rosario dawson yes the night nurse from mcu netflix series and clerks two star rosario dawson rosario dawson she came in as ahsoka tano and we had never seen a live action version of her before and not only is it a live action version but it's a continuation of her story in some way shape or form in the new disney plus world of star wars so our main topic for this evening is we each came up with a few characters, probably made a list of the characters that we would like to see either in live action in Mandalorian or some kind of spinoff, Disney Plus, what have you, or just characters that we want to see more of and get fleshed out more. Does our guest want to start? I can start. I'd be more than happy to start. So the character I want to most see, and it's actually from a very recent game, is Cal Kestis. He's from the Star Wars video game, Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order. Have either you played it? If not. Okay. Quick recap of the game for all of the listeners, too, is it is set uh, five years after the Jedi uh, Purge. So it's very, the Clone Wars have just ended. The Empire's just starting to come into power. Cal survived um, just barely from the Jedi Purge. So he had to hide his Force powers because the Empire is obviously hunting Jedi. Eventually, you know... His secret comes out by the Inquisitors. I believe the Inquisitors have showed up in Rebels and other Star Wars media. And he escapes with the help of former Jedi Seer. And she's on a mission to find a lost Jedi holocron 
containing a list of every Force-sensitive children in the known galaxy. A lot of stuff happens in the game. I don't want to spoil everything because I want people to actually play the game because it is really fun. But they eventually do find the Holocron and they don't use it. They want the, the moral of the story is they want the Force to guide them to the children. They want the Force to guide these children to them. You know, let them find their own path and stuff like that. So, that's how the game ends. I would like Disney, if they could, make a live action of like, hey, what happened? Like, maybe they go out and maybe they go on an adventure, like something like the Clone Wars. Like, it's a different child every time or, you know, a couple miniseries. Go out, they find the kids. You know, they have to run from the Empire. They have to hide them. Starting to rebuild the Jedi Order. Cal was a Padawan when the Jedi Purge happened. So he's only like 15, 16 in the game. He's pretty young. He could have survived all of the Empire. I mean, he could have survived through the whole original trilogy. They even said it after the fall of the Empire where he's trying to help the, maybe meets up with Luke and does something, or maybe he meets up with other, you know, Jedi. So that's what I'd like to see. So he was a youngling that Anakin spared or just didn't nope. quite swing far or enough for Or didn't find. <laughs> <Nope>. so, <laughs> so that's actually a good point because I will spoil this part of the game because it is really sad. So he was on a cruiser with his master. They make you go up and talk to a bunch of clones. They're like, oh, Cal, like, I love seeing you in the mess hall today. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to have practice today. Five minutes later, they all turn on you and you have to kill them. And you're like, I know that guy. He was nice to me five minutes ago. Then you have to kill him. And it's like, now I'm sad. <laughs> so I like that idea. And I even meant to put it on my list, but kind of forgot. But I'm glad you brought it up. I would like Disney Plus to do like an Order 66 series where you get to it. Because there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot more Jedi that probably escaped than what we realize. And there's so much storytelling potential of just introducing new characters, bringing back some that you maybe thought died in episode (laughs) three and didn't. There was a book series that came out around when episode three dropped where Obi-Wan like learned about survivors and had to leave Luke and Leia on Tatooine and go out and try to find these people before Vader chopped them down because he knew about them too like you could even do stuff like that there's just a lot of potential with that order 66 and like jedi post they they play that well too so um there's a there's a book called ahsoka where it follows ahsoka tano following order 66 like she doesn't actually know what happened because if she lays down her sabers after the clone wars and she's like i'm out like this isn't for me I'm not going to be a Jedi anymore. If you watch the Clone Wars and the Rebel series, you'll see that she has a struggle with this throughout the whole thing. Uh, which, if you look into that, then you'll understand why her lightsabers are gray and not an actual color in the show. Um, but the book um, does the same thing where she doesn't really know what happened, but she she feels less horse in the, in the, in the galaxy, but she still can feel certain people out there so obviously spoiler alert obi-wan survives order 66 <laughs> yeah <laughs> spoiler <Wow>. alert <laughs> yoda makes it like she she says she can feel those characters out there she also says like in the book she feels she's like because anakin was her friend and go into the clone wars more and see how that relationship develops she feels him but she says something's changed so she continues to feel, like you said, There's four, she feels a force out there, but it's a lot less. It's a lot less. And she's, she says, well, I can't pick up on this or that or whatever. 
but it comes up again and again in that book that she's like, I know something's out there, but I don't know what it is and stuff like that. So there are so many opportunities too, because George Lucas has come out again and again and backed all these different separate projects. So rebels and clone wars, and even this possibly this video game mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. When George Lucas is like, this is Canon, bam, he throws his stamp on it. Now everyone has to shut up and take it in. And especially now, even more than ever, John Favreau is like, you have to go and watch that to know what is happening here. If George Lucas says it is, and John Favreau says it is, I don't know. Who could possibly, who other two people on this planet <laughs> could tell nerds that something is what it is, and you say, do you, you believe them more than them? Anyone? Not that I can think of. <laughs> really? Unless Jack Kirby and and Stan Lee rise from the dead right now and tell me that something is more canon than what they said, I don't believe it. There's no way. So again, whether it's a video game, whether it's a TV series, there's so much opportunity. Brian, I would like to hear what you think is the opportunity. Before I go, do you have any more on your list, Ryan, or was that just the one? Ryan's probably got like seven. <laughs> um, the only other one I want to talk about is it kind of relates with the same game so... In halfway through the game, you meet up with a Night Witch on Dothmir. And the Night Witches have been referenced in the Clone Wars. That's how they made some people in the Clone Wars. I don't want to say anything if people haven't seen it. Um, but the Night Witches are scary. They can teleport everywhere. They essentially use the Force, but they it's like magic. They're witches. I think it would be kind of interesting to show more of the Night Witches. You know, maybe do some kind of spinoff of showing how the Empire kind of hunted them down, maybe how um, the one in this game is called uh, Murrin, maybe how Murrin rebuilds, or how she gets the Night Witches back on track and kind of helps rebuild their homeworld, um, because the Night Witches rule over a very Viking-like, barbaric homeland where the men are basically forced to fight all the time for any kind of control, and the women, the witches, kind of just control them, make them do whatever they want. You know, maybe like a Halloween miniseries or something like that. I mean, that's something... You could think about. I feel like they could even use that on the Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely, you know? yeah. Because especially as Mando is trying to find Jedi to take uh, Baby Yoda to, he could easily like accidentally take him to these Night Witches, yeah. and then who knows what's going to. And the Night Witches there. and the Jedi do not like each other, so conflict. <laughs> I can jump into a couple of mine. I have a list of like four or five my list is very sith heavy throughout my star wars journey i i started off you know where everybody does the jedi and all that but i think there's a lot of interesting stories with like the sith that either we don't know about or like it's mentioned or like we get a a he said she said type thing darth raven from like the old republic games he was a really cool character I didn't get to play much of those games, but I did read a couple of books that he was in, and I really enjoyed that character. I think he'd be cool to see live action. In episode three, when uh, Palpatine and Anakin are at the opera, and he's telling him the story about Lord Plagueis, I would love to see even just like a Disney Plus movie of like, Lord Plagueis and like the fall of Palpatine to the dark side. I thought everyone had already had enough of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> That's the rumor. That's oh, the that, rumor yeah. that Darth Lord Plagueis is Jar Jar Binks. Is but that... he's alive. <laughs> is he? 
I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. I'm I'm almost through season one of Clone Wars, and I thought I had enough of Jar Jar in the prequels. I've definitely had enough of him so far. You are in the big trouble, <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Do you like when he wears a tie? <laughs> like he has a job. Yeah. Business in, casual. Yeah. He has Jar Jar. a job in government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yes, I I would like to see the Lord Plagueis and Palpatine story. I have again, I'm I'm making my way through Clone Wars. I haven't gotten this far yet, but I would love to see more of Darth Maul. Like I know he's got a big chunk in the Clone Wars series, but I'd like more live action Darth Maul. I I think that there's that was a character that was wasted, had so much potential. And they brought him back in Clone Wars, and I'm excited to see that part. But I want to see his live-action story continue as well, in some way, shape, or form. Even just, like, I would be good with, like, a Darth Vader-type Rogue One cameo, where, like, he's there for literally two seconds just chopping people down. Well, he had that in uh, Han Solo. A hologram. You said you wanted a cameo, Brian. You got a cameo. A cameo where he was talking. Like, no, I want, I want some badass Darth Maul shit because he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. He's one that, again, I've read a lot of comics and books, and the more that I can get with him, the better. I have one more on my list, but I'll save him until the end. If Chad wants to jump into his, better than mine. Uh, my list is very limited, as they usually are every week. A lot of it plays off of, like, going third, you know. There's things that are brought up by other people. One character that I think, it is two, but one character in particular that I think would be fun to follow, following the purge of the Jedi, is Obi-Wan. So, there's... There's two sides to me when it comes to wanting to see Obi-Wan in a series. Part of me wants to see, like, action-filled, young, sexy Ewan McGregor, like, taking care of business, (laughs) saving people. Another part of me just wants to see old man Kenobi fade into the mist, and it's just... The everyday happenings of a I was once a great yeah. Jedi. And get off now, my lawn, you sand people. Get off my lawn, you sand people. And he wanders down to the moisture farm and he wanders down to the cantina. Part of me wants both of those things to exist, but I know I only get one. I don't know exactly what they have for the Obi-Wan series, but they are bringing back Ewan McGregor. And if you guys aren't aware of this, that guy doesn't age. No. He's like no. Keanu Reeves. He was in um, uh, Christopher Robin like two years ago. He looks as young as he did. I'm not going to say Phantom Menace, but he looks as young as he did in the prequels. It's it's insane. Like, I need to know that guy's like facial cream regimen. <laughs> like, I need to know because I got to dial back the ages. Fun fact for those of our listeners who don't know this. Ewan McGregor's brother is actually part of the Royal British uh, uh, Air Force. Do you know what his call sign is? Is it Kenobi? No, it's Obi Two. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, o- yeah, Obi One and Obi Two. Um, the other one. Do you want to do yours? Or do you want me to do it? Because the other one has to do with the Purge too. I oh, I actually have two, so I'll do one, then kick back to you. Because mine kick. is also the star 
or the muse of a Weird Al Yankovic song. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> she goes, stop it <laughs> Best guess. Oh, my God. I know we, we ripped on this quite a bit with our listener who submitted their their poll that we just went through. I would like to see more of a particular character that I enjoyed in the newer sequel, but that just got wasted because they did nothing with him. I would like to see more of Poe Dameron. I'd be good with, like... I say Rose, and I was like, is Chad going to come across the table here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would... Poe Dameron. I, I want to know more about that character. I want to actually see him do something. You got a talent of Oscar Isaac. Like, don't waste that like they did. I'd be good with, like, a miniseries. And I would like to see him with um, Zori Bliss, that character from the last one, where they meet up, where she's talking about, like, their... That's the young black girl, right? Yeah. No, it was the the girl with the purple outfit and the gold helmet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who talked about, like, their scoundrel days or whatever, and, like, to get, like, space pirates, but with, like, Poe Dameron and, like, a badass chick, I think would be a fun series. Ooh. And to kind of see, like, how he went from that kind of seedier, darker, like, side to, hey, I'm gonna join the Resistance. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm so mixed up, because Finn is the one who meets that, um, that black girl, right? Because yep. at the end of the movie... I, that part that always gets me, and I know this is tangential, but like when Lando's like, "Hey, how's it going?" and he's kind of hitting on that girl, <laughs> who's definitely his Star Wars love child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, trips me up. But no, Poe Dameron, absolutely. There is so much unused content that could be Poe Dameron. There's so much unwritten story. He shows up and then disappears that fast in the sequels. They don't really build a story for him. He shows up as an awesome badass pilot and he leaves as an awesome badass pilot leader. But he never has an up and a down or an ebb and a flow. Yeah, right. But that backstory with the running the this what is that salt? What is uh the spices? Spices yeah. again huge with the the helmeted mysterious woman. Yeah. Why do you even say like I don't know what your feelings are in Finn? Um, but like, I would even like, like a buddy, like buddy, buddy, like bromance, like, oh, like Finn and, buddy cop. yeah, like Finn and Poe, like after the, after nine, I guess, then they would kind of go off and like, we're going to like rebuild the empires or like, well, not the empire, we're going to rebuild like the Republic and stuff like that. And they go around and like, you could even do like their adventures in between yeah, seven yeah, and in eight between or movies, eight yeah. and nine. And... Yeah. Well, maybe not seven and eight cause Finn was in a coma, but <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't remember that stuff. <laughs> I thought for sure you were sandbagging me. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to be like, this character with a lot of potential, Rose. I'm glad it wasn't the only one that thought that. Like, Brian was going to mess <laughs> oh, the chat. I thought he was going to bury me with Rose. I Oh my gosh, for you Western nerds, if you're not aware, I'm a huge fan of the last movie in the sequels, simply because... <laughs> I'm going to stay back and look at the maps. They were like, they got such hate for that character Rose that they're like, whoops, we'll make sure we only give her one line and never see her again. Yeah. I'll defend her slightly by at least saying that she gave John Boyega and Finn's character something to do in that movie. 
because otherwise, in like, the last movie or the or second eight. movie, the, in eight, when they go to the casino and stuff. Oh, like really? That. When she, he's gonna sacrifice himself to take down the the laser beam, and she's like, "Oh, love will save everyone." Are you kidding me? This isn't an episode of fucking Barney. It's Star Wars, for God's sakes. Let the quote-unquote hero sacrifice himself. Because God knows they destroyed his fucking story arc in the next movie, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways. Rose was a waste of time and minutes and lines in the movie, and then also wasted Finn's only heroic or even pointed or important moment in the entire trilogy. She oh. ruined it. And that's why they made her look at fucking maps for three goddamn hours in the last movie. That was a long movie. That yeah! <laughs> and they could it was so long, and yet they still made sure they couldn't find her any extra lines. <laughs> fuck Rose. Fuck Finn. Fuck the sequels. I just wanted to hear you yell. <laughs> Tell him, Steve, Dave. No. Uh, but no, so the last one that I had, if I can interject, another one similar to, it's always after the purge. Like, there's so much time that falls between the purge and the next time we see characters. I really think that another really solid storyline, especially from a race of people who there are only three of, seeing Yoda between Order 66 and when Luke finds him on Dagobah. Like, what happens between then and then? Even if it's like a week, a month, years go by, there is a story to tell in that. And seeing what they do with the Mandalorian, seeing what, as far as I'm concerned, George Lucas could take a walk and John Favreau can just literally adopt everything Star Wars and we can just follow his lead from now on. George Lucas was like the patriarch of the family. He started it all. But now he has to pass down the family business to John Favreau. And I think he's doing a very great job of continuing on with it. He would never let Ryan Johnson direct. <laughs> uh, but I would love to see a Yoda character continued on before he's just old enough to wander around and then just disappear because he's so sick and tired of all Luke's questions. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Luke, I thought that's what you were going to talk about was... Uh... The recent news that came out that we might get a new Luke. Do we want to talk about that first, or do you want to divulge your last pick first? Because we can talk Luke first if you want. We can we can talk Luke because my my last pick is kind of off the topic. Oh, so yeah, so Boss Logic, who is the Photoshop editor supreme, who continues to put things out there that movie companies and comic book companies and people continue to take as law like hey you want to know who would look great as black adam in the rock johnson oh look who got a deal you know and continuing with that um his most recent one that came out this week was an interpretation of young luke skywalker sebastian stan those of you who don't recognize the name sebastian stan uh is james bucky barnes from the mcu that trivia question that our second guest of the show couldn't get. <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, the picture looked perfect. I mean, look, a tiny twinge of CGI bringing him into it, I think, is beautiful. And now seeing, like, in Ahsoka Tano, in The Mandalorian, that's not a spoiler, I spoiled that. 
possibly linking him into that or into another series. All they said they're waiting for is Mark Hamill's blessing. Sebastian Stan said he will not do it unless Mark Hamill gives the okay on it and, and, and says that they can let it ride. Mark Hamill's a chill enough dude where I think he would. You know, especially if it is like Mandalorian or like that Disney Plus type show. The proof is in the pudding. Like, clearly, you give these people the reins to do whatever they want to do and they're going to do justice with it as long as it's like John Favreau or Dave Filoni or anyone on that creative team. And as long as you have a plan, I think I'm hoping that Disney has learned their lesson from the last sequel that you need a plan before you just dive headfirst mm-hmm. into all this stuff. Well, and you know, another part of that too is that I think Mark Hamill is one of those guys. I don't think he's the guy who goes, I'm the only Luke Skywalker. No one will ever do it. I think he's gotten so much. His entire career is based out of Luke Skywalker. He's gotten everything he's ever gotten in life off of Luke Skywalker and being the Joker that's that's <laughs> another good but thing to bring up from? though too doesn't isn't it Luke yeah. first and then the Joker it, it is does he get the time of day probably not for no. the Joker no if he's not Luke first I want to bounce off that idea and the fact that Mark Hamill is already used to loads of other people portraying a character that he's done that is the iconic character. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, when you think of Joker nowadays, you think Heath Ledger and now, of course, Joaquin Phoenix being the most recent. But hands down, like, when you think Batman, it's usually Kevin Conroy is at the top of that list. And when you think Joker, Mark Hamill is up there at oh, the yeah. top, too. Right, and and that's the point I'm, and that's the point I'm trying to make before you rudely interrupted me. Um, <laughs> I think Mark Hamill is that guy who, while Luke Skywalker is everything he was and Joker was everything he was, he's not a guy who's going to fall on the sword to be like, no one can touch this. He's the guy who's like, I did it. I took it to the the fullest extent of what it could be. He's not a guy who's like, make up and CGI me back to 1980. Like, I want to be the young Luke. There's no way. And I don't think Mark Hamill would think this way, but you could look at it this two ways. Either... People like Sebastian as the new Luke and like, oh, I'm going to go rewatch all the old Star Wars and, you know, appreciate how good Mark Hamill was. Or you don't like Sebastian. Guess what? You're just going to probably like Mark Hamill even more because you'll be like, wow, what a nice guy. He gave his permission to do this. And like, he's, you know, such a great guy. I don't think Mark Hamill's like that. But either way, like if you give your blessing, how do you come on this a bad? Like, I, I just don't see how, I don't see anyone looking at him in a bad light for this. I would agree. My last pick right now is technically considered non-canon but (gasps) be it as it may it exists and i wish that it would come back into canon especially in like disney plus era type stuff uh the character is ker kanos and he is from the crimson empire saga basically he's one of emperor palpatine's royal guards you know the, the dudes in the red robes and stuff after the fall of emperor palpatine in this story these guards were so like skilled and talented to protect the emperor that they were considered to be the next biggest threat so immediately once the emperor is taken out they're the next targets Mm -hmm. and he's the only one that survives and then because of that it's all about like a revenge story 
to get his revenge on like the people that did him wrong and eventually he finds his way into the inner circle of the new republic on this journey and becomes like this badass bounty hunter since he's a bounty hunter you could easily bring him in introduce him in mandalorian but this is a character that i remember seeing like pictures of in magazines he looks like like he still wears the headpiece that the royal guards wore but he gets rid of the robe he's got some sweet badass armor and he's got this nice spear and i was like that's a badass character i want to know more about him and this is considered non-canon right now it's technically dark horse comics oh, like they it, need to get this marvel into the hasn't, asap this sounds awesome <laughs> yeah marvel hasn't like republished it at all yet so it's technically can it falls into that non-canon of these were the books from dark horse and all the novels that we don't consider to be canon anymore but it still exists so yeah i mean again like you said he's such a badass character that i would love to see them bring him into like some kind of disney plus show even even just an episode on the mandalorian i'd be good but hopefully he'd be cool enough where they'd be like people really like him let's give him his own series it's always a struggle with independent like entities like image they're like no we own this this is ours yeah you can't have it unless you're gonna pay a boatload for it you know well marvel did like marvel and disney when they got the rights to star wars they took those rights from Dark Horse. So Marvel currently owns Star Wars, and but Disney it, owns Marvel. Oh, so they just haven't written it into the... Yeah, uh, they, they hmm. haven't republished those books yet. They haven't introduced that character into any of their current comics that I know of. So technically, they made a big statement right away when they got all the rights to Star Wars that what we say is canon is canon and all that other stuff that you may love if it's not in that circle, it's not canon anymore. Well, folks, you can probably take some time and look into those comics and check those out. If you have COVID-19, it's probably time for a check up. But if you're into sports, it's time for the Chadillac check down. Folks, we're going to do something a little bit different in the channel I checked down this week. We're not going to give you a breakdown of the sports that happened this last week. We're going to give you a breakdown of what I and the Golden Knight have seen this year in the NFL so far. We're about at the half-season mark. We're going to hit that first, then we're going to talk a little bit of NBA, and then we're going to kick it back to the best stuff. Ryan, there has been a the definition of crazy this year in the NFL, and COVID-19 has caused a lot of it. What are some of your thoughts from this season? Well, I guess my first thought is, I think it's kind of effed up that the NFL pushes some games, but not others. (laughs) They made the poor Broncos trot out some guy who probably was like the fifth string tight end at Wake Forest as their starting quarterback. Undrafted. Undrafted. Practice squad, wide receiver. Yeah. Never started an NFL game ever starts for the Broncos. This Dude was Sunday. selling cars two weeks ago and now was starting in an NFL game. But Clearly yet, they didn't know that we were available. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we could have played. Exactly. The Broncos pushed to have their offensive coordinator start yeah. as, their, as their starting quarterback. But yet, we're still waiting to see the Sunday matchup of the Steelers and the Ravens played, which gets pushed to 
3.40 Eastern Time on Wednesday. Yep. Keep bending backward for the Ravens and the Titans. And they it's made the Steelers, though, that the I would assume that they're bending over backwards for the only team in the NFL right now that doesn't have a loss. But is it right, though? That's that's the question that yeah. you bring up right now. Is that is it right? Because then you look at uh, the Niners, the Niners with the with the toughening or the strengthening rather of the COVID-19 protocols in California. They can't play at Candlestick Park. Mm-hmm. The Niners have to find three weeks worth of games to play home games in outside of Candlestick Park. They're playing at Arizona. So they're playing two weeks, only two weeks, though. They have to find the third week because oh, wow. Arizona comes back on the third <laughs> They have two weeks in Arizona. So why can we be so harsh on some teams and not others? Yeah, it just it just doesn't make sense. And yet Florida is continuing to allow have fans in their stadium. That is just a middle finger to the world. Yeah, how can <laughs> some teams have fans and some teams can't even play in their goddamn stadium without anybody there? Yeah. It's insane, and that's how this whole season has gone from the start. And it's not only just the NFL, but, like, the NFL hands down these rules. And then, like, look at the Packers. At the beginning of the year, the, the Packers came out and said, hey, we're not going to allow fans in the stands for the first, you know, the first three home games. And they still, to this day, haven't, this, in the season, so far, allowed fans. I remember, the, like, this pure stupidity on the internet, like, you know, I've been a Packer fan for a long time and now less and less and less every year, but I still hold a flame for them. So I have some Packer, you know, pages that I follow on Facebook, but like, let us sign a waiver and then we'll all go to the Packer game. It's like, you can't sign a waiver yeah. for potentially giving a virus to someone else. What do you, no. what? Like, it's been a mess left, right, up, down, and all over the place. Well, as they showed, though, in the Packers-Bears game, they're starting to let fans back in. They were testing that out. And I, they said some, the announcer said something about, like, each game they lose, like, it was a ridiculous number, like $150 million or something like that per game without having fans in there. It's a lot of money. concessions yeah. and souvenirs and whatnot. No, absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's the same everywhere. And that's what it should have been for from the beginning. Mm, absolutely. The NFL is a business at the end of the day. And while they need to make money, the NFL also needs to go hand in hand with the protocols that's being put out by the CDC and things like that. They should not be allowing Florida to have fans and California not to play games. They should not be allowing the Packers to have 5,000 fans when they're allowing, allowing Kansas City to have 17,000. They should have set the rule at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. This, if you choose to have fans, this is how many you can have. Because they're a business, teams have to abide by those rules. It doesn't matter what state regulation is. The state can say, and Florida did, you can have full stadiums, which is insane. But the NFL should come in and say, nope. 10,000 people, max. You know, and and that's where I think a lot of this has been similar to any business. Whether you work in a grocery store or an office or Mm. wherever you work, or if you're an NFL player, COVID-19 has changed everything week to week. Everything changes every week, and people are just basically trying to keep up at this point. But that's what's made this season such a mess. And we saw with the NHL and the MLB. Like, it's been a mess. You know, where do we go from here? I don't know. We continue to trudge along, but again... I think we need to get to a point of more fair treatment. What happens when the playoff comes and all the teams are good? Yeah, are you going to keep pushing a playoff game like they've been doing with this? I mean, eventually, I think 
I think the NFL is so stubborn they don't want to cancel a game. They're just going to keep, I'm just going to keep moving the date, moving the date. Dude, eventually you're just messing up the whole league by doing this. Yeah. Just what do you play the Super Bowl in May? Yeah, just like, come on. I get it. I mean, I get it. You want all the games. You want all the revenues. You just just call the game. Just cancel just, it. They should have just done like the NBA did when they came back. Like have a bubble. You know, we're gonna have this many teams over here. We're gonna have this many teams. You could do. Over you here. could do like AFC, NFC. Boom. Like, Divisions too. Yeah. So the bubble is a lot harder with the uh, NFL because of the, just the mass quantity of players. But they absolutely could have done something. So like the NBA was like everyone's going to Orlando, and then the NHL was like half of you going here, half of you are going here. And the NFL being bigger could have been like, okay, we're going to have eight satellite cities. This is the only place you play for the next whatever weeks, mm-hmm. and made it happen. But they were so set on we're going to make it happen, we're going to do it exactly like we've always done it. Yeah, just so foolish. Mm-hmm. And now to the point of not even football. There's a guy who plays for the Ravens, Mark Andrews, a starting tight end for their player. He's a type 1 diabetic. He's a high risk with COVID-19, and he contracted the virus this week. Like, what what happens then? What happens when an NFL player dies because of COVID-19? Things have yeah. to change, right? Well, I mean, they even said, like, it's kind of ironic now, but before the season they said, what if Lamar Jackson gets it? He comes back completely healthy, but maybe he's, like, half the speed he used to be. Is he the same player? Probably not. I mean, that's kind of half of his game, and it's ironic because, unfortunately, he does have it right now. I hope he comes back as fully healthy as he was prior to this and all players that get it, but was it really worth it? Like, I get it. You want to have your entertainment. You want to have your sports, but, you know, your life could be changed even if you're not dead. People think it's either you're going to be alive or dead. (laughs) So we look away from COVID-19, and then we look into something that is more controllable when it comes to sports, and it's the MVP race. When this season started... By and large, far and away, it was my guy, Russell Wilson. There was no one who could hold the candle to him. There was no one who could even touch him. The joke that I was making in the first four weeks of the season is, man, it sucks to be Aaron Rodgers this year. Because if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers would be leading the MVP race. With a couple sour weeks, I think Russell Wilson has all but taken himself out of the MVP talks. For a while there, they talked Tom Brady. For a while there, they talked Aaron Rodgers. I think, again, we're back in a heated race with an old-time veteran and a new gunslinger in the league. I think your two big MVP candidates right now are Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. I honestly think, as it pains me to say it, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get it. And he probably rightly deserves it. Aaron Rodgers is very important. He's having a great resurgent year, you know, after a couple down years in Green Bay. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. The stuff he does is just insane. That game against the Buccaneers... He's just, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill caught, you know, 200-some-plus yards. Patrick Mahomes threw all, like, 200-plus yards. There's very little. It wasn't, like, a five-yard pass, you know, a 20-yard pass. Nope, he threw it 80 yards down the field, and Tyreek Hill had to walk, like, five yards into the end zone. The only argument I ever make for MVP, and it's the argument I make every year, and it's the argument that makes Giannis Antetokounmpo a true NBA MVP, is every year, if you take that player off that team, who is that team without them? You look in Green Bay. I'm sorry. If you take Aaron Rodgers off that team and even plug in the Nick Foles or uh, someone serviceable, they're nothing oh, compared no. to what they are now. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, if you plug in a serviceable quarterback there, listen to these names. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Le'Veon Bell, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. That offense has a ton of weapons. And while you say the same thing in Green Bay, 
Well, they have Aaron Jones and they have Devontae Adams. What about after that? Nothing. And I'm sorry, is Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams as good without Aaron as they are with him? No. Probably not. Is Devontae Adams as good as Devontae Adams is without Aaron? No. We've seen it time and time again. Look at Greg Jennings. Was arguably in the top five of wide receiver talks for years. And he goes, I'm going to take my talents west. And he went to Minnesota. Whamp. His career flopped when he was on the top of his game within two years because he didn't have a quarterback. That's how Green Bay works. So when the argument of MVP comes up, unfortunately the flashy, cooler, more popular pick is Patrick Mahomes. Arguably it could be Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't really think about how you know taking the quarterbacks off the team. I just think Patrick Mahomes puts up more highlight-worthy reels that when the when the judges sit down, they'll be like, Oh man, you ever seen that pass? You remember seeing that pass? Like Aaron Rodgers, he's doing a great job, but it's not like it's not the Aaron Rodgers of old, the hard count throwing a bomb, not you know, fifty yards downfield. That's just that's just not who he is anymore. He doesn't need to be that on this team to win. But I just think Patrick Mahomes has more of those highlight plays that but, you know, if Patrick Mahomes, you know, slips, he's got a couple tough games coming up, you know, it could be Aaron. Chad, you and I were on the same wavelength there. That's what I was kind of thinking is I mean Yes, the MVP is for that player, but at the same time, you also got to think of how is the team as a whole, too, because Aaron Rodgers has proven time and time again how good of a quarterback he is, but he's also shown quite a bit this year already that if his team is playing like garbage, like he's not doing anything either. So we look away from the MVP race because I'd love to talk about Russ, but it's just not going to happen. And there's other players there who looked good for a while. Josh Allen, the flash in the pan, you know, he looked really good for some games and really soft for some games, same as uh, Russell Wilson. But one thing I want to talk about, and it's a huge problem I see in the league as a whole, and one thing I continue to see, I see the glowing standard for running north and south in Seattle, and then I see the abysmal, hellish landscape of running east and west. It continues to be a problem in this league. I look at a player like DK Metcalf who all he does is run north and south and mm-hmm. make defensive backs look like schmucks as they ricochet off of him. But then I look at a guy like David Moore, who apparently only ever wants to run sideline to sideline and has no <laughs> desire to run towards the end zone, whether it's his own or the opponent's end zone. And I, we're seeing more and more of this on a bunch of teams. Yeah. Uh, even just you know going back, Devontae is a bad habit of it. I, I don't know if it's just because people think, you know, they see Tyreek do it. They see, you know, these speedsters do it. Not everyone's going to be as fast as Tyreek. Not you, you you don't have the speed. And corners and safeties, quite honestly, pretty pretty fast nowadays. I mean, I just don't – if you're near the first down, just get the first down, live to fight another day. Going 10 yards west and then maybe getting the first down. Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, 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 move left, right, left. It just – I get it. You, everyone wants to try to break the big play. Everyone wants to be on the Sports Center highlight reel. But guess what? You know what? The team wins on just getting first downs. Just get the first down. Live to fight another day. Base hit continue. scores a run. Yes. Base continue hit the drive, please. Absolutely. Base. It's just it's the basics of football. Like, I, like you, we're talking about Devonte Adams. I don't know how many times I've watched him run backwards. I'm like, oh. no, you don't run backwards. Yeah. I get that you're getting chased down, but. Run backwards, yeah. dude. Or on I mean, punt it, returns. I've seen punt returns this year. Guys almost oh, go into the end zone. Like, God. guys, just either either fair catch or just try to get a couple yards up. Do not go backwards. That is like a death sentence. How many times do we see left, right, left, right, left, right? And then nine out of ten times, it's a gain of no yards. One time. I wouldn't even say ten. 
one time out of 30. It's that huge break. 20, 30-yard break, yeah. You know what I'd rather have 29 out of 30 times? Five yards. Yep. Ten yards. The three yards I need for a first down to keep my quarterback on the field. Yep. At the beginning of the game with Philadelphia this last week, and again, fourth down has become a whole new ball game in the NFL. Mm. More times than not, it seems teams are going for it on fourth down than punting because similar to Moneyball, the analytics are coming into the game more than ever, and they're like, did you realize that if we go for it on fourth down, it's actually more chance that we succeed than if we give them the ball and punt and they score. It's insane how much this game has turned around where people are not only taking it on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three, also in their own territory. But again, you have to make something happen. We see a jet sweep with David Moore with Seattle. We see a pick play that doesn't pan out. Mm. If you're going to go for it, go for it. But this East and West is just continues to... We need to go back to the day of Bo Jackson. We need to go back to the day of Walter Payton. Guys who put their nose down and one cut, one move, and smash that football forward. I need to see more Megatron, more DK Metcalf, more just bruisers. Even like Steven Jackson used to be with Atlanta and with the Rams. Just bruisers. Enough of this left, right, up, down. Yeah. Like it's not a, It's not a game code... A GTA cheat. I just want to see you run the ball. <sighs> Ryan, do you have any other topics you'd like to cover tonight? <laughs> the only other one I want to talk about, and this is a topic near and dear to my heart, is I am so glad that the tan man, Ryan Tannehill, is doing so well in Tennessee. I carried a flame for this guy in Miami. Everyone laughed at me, said he's a bust, he's a nobody. You know, everyone's waiting for him to take that next step. He is finally getting a shot with a competent coach. Adam Gason, you know, in New York can see, you know, ruin Tannehill's career and the, and the Dolphins in general. It's another topic. But um, I'm just so happy that, that Ryan Tannehill got a shot in, in Tennessee and is thriving in this role and is doing very well. Tan man from Miami, man. <laughs> we saw it when he came in and took over from Marcus Mariota, and he has just continued to succeed. The defense looks really good. A decent wide receiving core with arguably the best running back in the NFL right now. Second only maybe to Dalvin Cook, but an even one and two. Derrick Henry is a freak. And when you have a running back like that, it's not hard to look good at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Not saying Tannehill mm -hmm. doesn't look good without him. But when you have a running back that can go for 173 and three touchdowns, it's pretty easy when the pressure gets laid off you <laughs> at quarterback. But I would get behind that wholeheartedly. A guy who really deserved a second shot, Adam Gase, not only destroyed the Miami Dolphins, he's on his way to destroying the Jets as well. When you see something like that happen, a guy like Tannehill deserves a second shot. He came in, he played well, he got paid, and now he's looking to push this team up to the next level. That is the end of the NFL talk this week. We could get way deeper into it. We could spend a lot more time, but my partner here is giving me the high sign that we got to keep her moving because he doesn't need to edit four hours worth of podcasts this week. So we're going to get into a little bit of NBA news, and the NBA news is the jerseys that the Bucks dropped this week. Ryan, what do you think about this city-themed Bucks jerseys? So it's a little different than what they've done before. If if you haven't seen the picture, I highly encourage you to go look, go out and look for it. But we'll, it's basically, we'll put it up on our social. Okay, uh, we'll put it up on our social when this episode goes out. Perfect. Even before that, but what it's kind of supposed to look like is waves or like water uh, flowing on the jersey. It goes back to uh, the meaning of Milwaukee. Milwaukee means meeting place, 
and it's where, you know, Three Rivers and obviously the Great Lake is right next to Milwaukee. It's where a lot of, you know, native tribes would, you know, meet in way back when Wisconsin wasn't colonized and stuff like that. It, it looks interesting. It's It was a cool blue jersey. I like it. It's better than, you know, the Mecca ones. I, the yellow, I wasn't really super sold on that one. And then they had the white Mecca one this year. That was, eh, so-so. But what, what it hurts me to see is when you look at a team like Miami and they release their vice jerseys, you're like, okay, that's way cool. And then my and then the Bucks one is like, that's decent. But Miami's is far and above a step above, you know, what a cool jersey looks like. Well, and especially when you go from it's the Rep Our City jersey from Cream City to now this. I love the Cream City jerseys, and I know you did too. Oh, yeah. Why do we fix what isn't broken? Yeah. Like, it, did we really not like Cream City that much to make our way into this new jersey? Because, I don't know. Like you said, there's other teams out there that have jerseys like the Miami Vice ones that are sweet. I'm not asking for the perfect jersey. No. We have awesome Bucks jerseys. I love our blackout jerseys. But do we need to keep flopping around the alternates? Let's find something that works. Yeah, I, I've i always said that I don't care. I want them to bring back the purples, either the purples or the reds, and throw the old Bucks logo on there, the one from, you know, it's not that long ago, like 10 years ago, because I don't remember when they changed it. But it's the purple and green. Yeah, that just, that purple, it looks cheesy, but it's a funny cheesy. It's a good cheesy. It's something you can get behind. It's like, you know what? I'm proud of that purple. That It looks dumb, but I don't care. I want to wear that. Yeah. I mean, we're all about nostalgia nowadays. Exactly. Especially, like... As our generation is getting older, I feel like it's targeting more towards the 90s. Like, do a throwback, you yeah. know? I'm looking at that jersey for the first time now, and it looks it looks lazy. That That's, like, the word I have for it. It looks like the off-brand of Adidas was hired to make these jerseys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> it's just, like, it's, like, a solid line, almost. It doesn't even look like a wave. And yeah. it's, like, we're going to do a dark blue. And a light blue. Well, so, and the other thing they're bragging about is apparently the numbers are supposed to look like they're wet. I tried to look at it a couple times. I didn't see it. So maybe they maybe they didn't use the right paint on that jersey particularly. But they're like, look at it. It looks like it's wet all the time. I'm like, okay, they're probably going to be sweating in them anyway. So it's going to look wet by default. So I don't know why you had to announce that. But all in all, I think it was an, it's an okay jersey. Not, I guess, not, they hyped it up really bad. I guess that was probably the thing. Like, they had like a two-week, like, Get ready for December 1st. And then they launched it at like 9 in the morning. It's like, oh, okay. That's cool, but I guess I was hoping for more. Ryan, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the channel I've checked on? Uh, last thing I would like to add is it is the cruelest trick of nature that the Bucks finally get a home Christmas Day game and there are no fans allowed. <laughs> and we play the Warriors, which we traditionally play up to the Warriors and always beat them. Uh, it always it happened back when they were making their run for their for their multiple championships. The Bucks would play up to the Warriors, win by like two points, and then the next week lose by ten to the Magic. Mm. Um, it is a cruel joke, but it is what it is. Uh, as long as Giannis signs that uh, super max contract, I don't care what happens the rest of the year. All right, folks, it's time to put away the shoulder pads and the basketballs. Let's swing over with Brian Stoffel and the best Stoff recommendations for this week. I went a little off-kilter with my pick this week for best Stoff. I know last week I really harped uh, HBO Max to the point where both my guests and co-hosts thought that I was being secretly paid by them. So I'm going to I'm gonna pimp a different streaming service this time. 
and that would be Pluto TV. It's a streaming service that I don't think a lot of people know about and a lot of people use. They kind of follow the cable format of they have programming, but there's commercials in there too. A lot of it is like stuff that you could kind of tune out if you needed to. I have Pluto TV playing a lot of times when I'm at work and the background has noise, but they do have quite a bit of good content. Not only do they have like the classics of my favorite, like Doctor Who, but they have like all the James Bond movies on a channel. They have anything from Adam's Family to Baywatch to the Chappelle show. Like they have a lot of different content on there where there's like over 300 channels I think that you can scroll through. You're going to find something that you're going to watch by the end of that scroll. Again, this is kind of like you're in the kitchen making dinner and you don't want to watch the news because the news lately has been so uh, depressing and <laughs> just downtrodding that, you know, something good to bring you back, bring your spirits back up, take a step back in time in the time machine and go to Pluto TV and enjoy some classic content that you didn't know that you were missing. Does this cost anything to use? Or it's is it... free. Oh, that's even better. We love free. <laughs> free, free, free. So, no, they didn't pay me. <laughs> not this week. I do not have a best stop this week. I'm hoping our guest has a best stop so that I don't look like I'm completely unprepared. I do have a best stop. My best stop for this week is something very near and dear to my heart. It is the Master Chief Collection uh, that is currently just came out on PC, but it's been out on Xbox for a while. Um, the big thing that just came out recently is not only did it come out on PC and they've released every uh, major Halo game prior to 5, uh, but there's now crossplay between PC and Xbox in all multiplayer modes. That is a big thing because the multiplayer in there was kind of dying and I was getting really sad because I couldn't find anyone to play with. Um, but now that there is crossplay between PC, anyone has access to the game, can play with anybody, and it's never been easier to play. So I hope... If you don't have the game, please go get it, and I'll see you online. I'm sure there's another Halo game coming out with the new Xbox at some point. Correct? There is. It's been delayed a couple of times. <laughs> That's a touchy subject on online right now. People don't like that, but I just want it to be good, I so I don't of, care how many times they delay it. <laughs> I kind of fell off the wagon after 3, so I'm definitely not caught up as much as you are, but uh, our guest here is very passionate about Halo to the point where he's got it inked a few times on his body. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That is the best stuff for the week. And with that, Chad will take us into our closing of the episode. Hopefully it's not your favorite part of the show. It's my least favorite part of the show because it's when I have to stop talking. Folks, please reach out to us. We want to hear your Star Wars draft picks. We want to hear your Star Wars characters that you want to see developed more into Disney+, Plus, into some potential movies and things like that. We want to hear anything that we've ever talked about. Who are your Battle of the Bands? Who is your perfect movie cast that you could bring in? Money doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. Nothing matters when it comes to the Battle of the Bands, when it comes to the perfect movie cast, when it comes to your Star Wars draft. We want to hear from you. We've said before that if we you reach out to us, let us know if you want to be named on the show. That's pretty cool. If people keep reaching out, we have plenty of things that we can give away 
to our listeners if they want to contribute. We love to have you be a part of the show, whether you're on the show, like our guest this week, Ryan, or you're on our show, like Shallow Throat wrote in this week to give us his draft <laughs> picks. We are the Midwestern Nerds. Remember, we are M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. We are at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're Midwesterners at gmail.com. We are streaming on so many different platforms. Hopefully you can find us on at least one of, I think, the nine that we're streaming on. Please rate and review us. Take the time to show us some love. And for your Midwesterners, I'm Chad Coffin. I'm Brian Stoffel. And he has been the Golden Knight. And whether it's beer brats, comics or pops, keep, keep it, it nerdy. nerdy. I was expecting you to be like, and I'm the Golden Knight. <laughs> we'll stop. Do a nice throw. Slow back. down. Go back. No, wait. Brian, cut that out. <laughs>